Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so glad that you're here today. I want to talk about one of my favorite subjects in the Bible. We're going to be looking at the gifts of the Spirit, but particularly the gift of faith and how you can actually receive a miracle or miracles through this extraordinary gift. Now, as we study this gift today, I want you to understand that while we look at it, and in some ways it could seem a little bit non-exciting, when you realize that you can actually move mountains with this gift and accomplish the impossible, I think you will definitely want it to be something that is in your spiritual toolkit, something that the Holy Spirit can manifest through you. So, um, Get ready, because this is an extraordinary gift. Now, before we begin our study, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask your Holy Spirit would come today and give us understanding of this gift, how it operates, what it is, and we pray, our, oh God, that our hearts would be open to receiving more manifestations of this gift in our life. Now, we thank you for it. And Lord, let your anointing flow. In Jesus' name we pray. And let's all agree and say amen. This gift is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So, in key areas where Paul would emphasize that he wanted the church to have knowledge this, these are areas that the enemy fights, and he wants to keep us in uh, a place of not knowing, of not having a clear understanding. And so this is why the Holy Spirit is so important, because you can read commentaries uh, from old scholars, most of them now dead, who uh, wrote, you know, whether it's uh, uh, Matthew Henry or Gill or on and on it goes, many of the great commentaries that are available at most, you know, Bible version websites. But those men, as scholarly as they were, most of them uh, did not know what the gifts were, and they interpreted them as being uh, things that were in the natural. But all of these gifts, all nine of them, and the, particularly the one we're looking at today, they are all miraculous in their nature. You could say that they're all supernatural. So as long as we keep them in that category of being supernatural, then you see the incredible potential of just one of these gifts operating in your life and what it can do. Praise God. So we want to be aware of these gifts. And we want to meet the Apostle Paul in heaven one day and say, we were not ignorant of spiritual gifts. Now, let's go down to verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So these gifts, all uh, they are for your profit, they're for your betterment. And you can make it to heaven without them. You can make it through life without them, but you, uh, you, can, um, you, can, you can reach your destiny through them. And I do not believe that you can accomplish your purpose on life fully without the help of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's the, um, I, I guess what many Christians would consider to be the greatest expression 
that we could ever make to God. Many Christians believe that that expression would be, God, I love you. And that could be true. But I personally think that the greatest expression that we could ever make to God is the expression, God, I need you. <laughs> I need your help. <laughs> so a lot of Christians, they would say, God, I love you. But to say, God, I need you. I, I can't do this without you. Um, it's a pride crusher. Uh, it is a humbler. And it is a admittance of our need for God in our lives to accomplish what he has called us to do. And we, uh, when you, the closer you get to God, the closer you realize you really do need the Holy Spirit's help. No matter how brilliant you are, no matter how uh, gifted naturally you might be, there are some things only God can get you into, get you over, and get you through. Woo! Praise God. Amen. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. God wants you to profit, to succeed, to do well in life. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. I want to stop there and jump into the area of faith by the same Spirit. Now, we're looking uh, really at the category of the power gifts, which would be faith, then you have the gifts of healings, and then you would have the working of miracles. So you have uh, nine gifts. You could separate them like Howard Carter did, the man that God used to bring the revelation knowledge of the gifts, what they are and how they uh, work. He brought that to the body of Christ. Before that, before God spoke to him, and remember Howard Carter was in prison, uh, for several years, had a lot of free time to sit there and pray and meditate on the Word. It was during those times that God unlocked that mystery to him of what the gifts actually are. By the way, he was in prison because he objected to uh, fighting in World War One, and I could certainly understand that. Uh, you have to understand most wars can be avoided, and while uh, Europe uh, during that time, was romanticizing the ideology of war and how it could be good and how it could even be financially beneficial to nations. Other people that had common sense said war is hell. War is awful. Let's do everything we can not to have war. So uh, he was a uh, conscious objector, and because of that, they put him in prison. And, uh, you know, after World War I was over, Certainly, there were, uh, there were many leaders of Europe that sat back and said that was one of the stupidest things that we've ever done in the history of the world. <laughs> and, and you didn't have to be a spiritual giant like Howard Carter to know it. But it was during that time that God gave him the revelation of what the nine gifts are, how they can each be put into their own uh, category, and uh, uh, three of them in uh, three brackets. But we're looking at the power gifts because the power gifts do something. You have three gifts that say something, three gifts that reveal something. But out of the three gifts that do something, which are the power gifts, the greatest one of them is the gift of faith. Now, it's a little bit of a dichotomy because while it, it is the greatest of the power gifts, um, there's an element to it where it can actually seem boring. It doesn't have the, uh, how can I say, the fireworks 
of the gift of the working of miracles. But nevertheless, I believe that you'll agree with me that after we have looked at this today, you'll sit back and you'll say, yep, it is definitely the greatest of the power gifts. Now, the greatest of all of the gifts is the word of wisdom. We've covered that before, and I'm sure uh, in the future we'll cover that one again. But today we are talking about the gift of faith. Praise God. Now, let's first of all realize that the gift of faith is different from saving faith or what we could also call general faith. A good example of that would be found in the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 30. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. So that is general faith. Believe on Jesus. And uh, Paul goes further and later explained that to the jailer while he was at the jailer's house and explained what it means to believe on Jesus, his death, burial, resurrection, and mighty ascension. And of course, the jailer believed and his whole house believed they all got saved and they're all in heaven today. Praise God. So what is that? That's saving faith, or we could also identify that as general faith. And we see it expressed over in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So saving faith is a gift of God to the sinner that he might receive Jesus. So if, if it were not given by God, that they could never be born again. They wouldn't have it to use it. But God gives it. It's, the, it's a gift from God. It's saving faith so that you might receive Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior. Now, let's dig a little bit deeper. The gift of faith is also different from the fruit of the Spirit. Because there in the, uh, the nine gifts, or excuse me, not, 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 not the nine gifts, but the nine fruits, the, amongst the nine fruits of the Spirit, you do find the gift of faithfulness. But this is still different from the gift of faith. But since we're there, let's jump over to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and take a look at the fruit of the Spirit just for a moment. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So we have nine gifts of the Spirit. We have nine fruit of the Spirit. And here among the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we see faithfulness. Now, this faithfulness, this fruit is a representation of mature character as a believer. Praise God. But faith, the gift, is for power. Faith, the fruit, is for character. Faith, the gift, is for power. Now, let, let that go into your spirit. I want to say it one more time. Faith, the fruit, is for character. So you have Christ-like character. But faith, the gift, is for power. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You want to see a very unusual manifestation of the fruit of character 
or faithfulness. Uh, I don't think you could find a better example in the Bible by looking again. Let's go back to Acts chapter 16. This is very unusual, and many people miss this. But this is one of the strangest manifestations of character that you'll actually find in the Bible. Now, there's many great examples. But this one in the book of Acts, again, Acts chapter 16, really is, I think it's extraordinary. Look at this just for a moment, verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So they have been unjustly thrown into prison. And this is a double injustice in the sense that, first of all, they did not do anything worthy to be put in prison. Second of all, uh, you're looking at Paul, particularly being a Roman citizen, and they had rights. You don't dare put a Roman citizen in prison uh, without going through the process. And so they, they broke that and violated that rule also. And so they're, they're singing praises to God and hymns to God. Verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened. Now watch, pay careful attention. All the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. Well, Pastor Stephen, I guess they were free men. They just all walked out of prison praising God, hands lifted high, and they were, they were out of that prison. No, no. Now all the chains came off, the fetters, the stalks that their feet would put in, all of that just supernaturally fell off, not only Paul and Silas, everybody in the prison. But did you ever notice they stayed right there? What is that? Well, first of all, they're fo everybody else in that prison is now following the lead of Paul and Silas. And if they would have made a jailbreak, everybody else would have too. But there is a heavy, heavy presence of the glory of God that is manifested. The whole prison was shaken to the foundations. But when the doors flung open, not one person walked out. F friends, please, you've got to do things the right way in life. You, uh, uh, even in the midst of the moving of the Spirit, do things the right way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Make sure if something happened that was good, make sure it wasn't an error. Well, Pastor Stephen, they gave me $300 extra on my paycheck. Was that a mistake? Well, yeah, it was, but I'm not going to say nothing. No, that, that uh, hold on a minute. That's not a blessing. That's an error. You need to go back and let them know they gave you too much money. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I'm not going to do that. Well, then you need to develop your character more because the stronger the fruit, listen, listen today, the stronger the fruit of the Spirit uh, the greater the manifestations of the Spirit, the greater the gifts of the Spirit. What, particularly the gift of faith, what is that? It's a power gift. Uh, it can do a lot. So for a person to be entrusted with great manifestations of power, there need to be... Uh, uh, there, need to, there needs to be the infrastructure of great character. Mm-mm. Verse 27, and the keeper of the prison awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm. We are all here. Well, Pastor Stephen, I thought the way that we have Christian songs and the way we hear this uh, told that they all just walked out free. No, 
Nobody went anywhere. Now, watch this. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out. Okay, so now he's going to bring them out, saying, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Well, uh, he took them to his house. Uh, whole, his whole house got saved, as Paul and Silas explained the gospel. And they were given a meal, and their wounds, because they were beaten with rods, their wounds were treated. Well, Pastor Stephen, they must have been free. free uh, they just walked out free after that. Uh, no, they went right back into the prison. Character. Character. You've got to do it the right way. You've got to do things the right way in life. Slow down and do them the right way. And you'll sleep better. You'll live longer. And you'll be happy in your spirit all the time. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Verse 35 Let's go to the next day. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the officer saying, let those men go. Well, what would have happened if the jailer would have said, well, uh, don't worry about that. They're already gone. The jailer would have gone to prison. They would have sent people out to hunt down the escapees, the men on the loose, the men on the run. Verse 36, so the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now for, uh, depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us in the prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come themselves and get us out. Get us out? What does that mean? It means they were still in there. They were still in there. Verse 40, so they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. Go out, but go out the right way not through some uh, crooked door, not through some shady deal. Do everything the right way so that the Lord may be glorified and you have a clean conscience before God and before others that you didn't do somebody wrong. Mm -mm. Woo, praise God. Sure is quiet out there on the internet world today. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know you're listening. I know you're taking these things to heart. So there is... The gift of faith, which is miraculous, but there is the fruit of faithfulness, uh, which is character. And, but, but they're different, but they are both um, very, very beautiful in their own unique way. Praise God. So we have saving faith. We have the fruit of faithfulness. But then again, we come back to the gift of faith. All three distinctly different. The gift of faith is supernatural like the other eight gifts, the gift of faith, let's talk about what it actually is. The gift of faith is the supernatural ability to receive a miracle or miracles. That's really the simplest, easiest way to define the gift of faith. It is, it is the supernatural ability to receive a miracle or miracles. The gift of faith is manifested by the Holy Spirit to enable you to receive a miracle beyond the capacity of your ordinary faith to receive. Wow, glory to God. Look, you and I both know there's some things we can't grab unless the ability of God to grab it comes on us. Hallelujah. I can't bench press 800 pounds. If you put that on me, it's going to collapse and uh, crush 
and uh, and uh, tear some things and do some major, maybe, maybe even kill a person, kill me. I can't bench press 800 pounds. And there are some things by faith I can't grab. Why? They're too big for me, just like they are for, for you or for others. But if just a tiny fraction of that God faith touches you by the Holy Spirit coming on you, you can believe for the impossible and receive it. Woo! Do you see why this gift is so powerful? It goes beyond your general faith. General faith of believing the Bible, believing the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, believing all of that good stuff. But that's general faith. Miracle faith, the gift of faith, takes you into the realm of faith like God believes. Mm-mm. So the gift of faith is manifested by the Holy Spirit to enable a person, to, to enable you, the believer, to receive a miracle beyond the capacity of ordinary faith to receive. Now do you understand why with God all things really are possible? Now do you understand that you really can't have that miracle? You really, you really can't have it? When you, under, when you understand the factor that there can be a miracle involved through one single manifestation of the Spirit, do you see now why it can happen for you? Woo! Praise God! Hallelujah! Mm-hmm. I, to- I told you this gift, this gift can sneak up on you, and the next thing you know, there, there's your miracle, just like that. <laughs> Woo! Watch out. It is the greatest of the power gifts. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, working of miracles is different, and that we're not talking about to that today, but let me just contrast it just for a moment. The gift of working of miracles works a miracle. You're involved, and it's the Holy Spirit coming on you, and this is not a sit back and receive moment. This is a do something moment. Praise God. I'll give you an example. One time I was in India. I was um, one of the speakers at a conference, and while I was sitting there, because I'd already spoken, uh, there was another minister, and he was going to minister. But he, he, couldn't, he couldn't find his notes. He couldn't find the thing that he was wanting to uh, talk about or reveal or do. And something on the inside of me, I know it was God, that, that was agitating me. Uh, he, he was relying on uh, some technology and stuff like that, and it wasn't coming together. And I, and I was just thinking, well, why not, why not have all these props? Why not just demonstrate that God can move without all of these props and stuff like that? And he kept fumbling around and fumbling around, fumbling around, and uh, basically just took a time out and uh, said, you know, uh, we'll pick this back up later. Well, uh, uh, there was like a break, and so they, they, they wanted me to uh, do something in the interim. They wanted me to minister or something like that. So that divine agitation was riding on me where I just wanted to demonstrate to the people that with God, uh, you don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops and, uh, have, uh, have all the, you don't need the light show. You don't need all of that. You don't need all of that. And so I just, I just stood up and, uh, because the, the conference host, a very godly prophet, he, he just said, pastor Stephen, just go, go ahead and minister. So I just stood right up 
And I, and I said, who nearest to me needs a miracle? And the gift of faith was all over me. I said, who needs a miracle? And there was a young girl, a teenager. She just stood right up and she was the row right next to me. And I said, what do you need? She said, I have cysts all over my arm. And she held her arm out and it looked like rubber balls all over her arm. Um, I don't have anything here on my desk to represent the size of them, but it, they looked like about three-fourths the size of a golf ball. A few of them were bigger than others, but they were all over her arm. And I grabbed her arm, because this whole thing happened uh, within uh, less than one minute. I grabbed her arm and just held it up. I said, does everybody see this? So you had about 400 people, and you had many that were sitting like right next to us, I said, does everybody see this arm? And do you see the cyst all over her arm? And you know, people nod. Yes, yes. And I said, I said, now watch. I said, don't close your eyes. I said, watch everybody. Look, I said, in the name of Jesus, I command these cysts. And before I could even finish the, the uh, command of faith, they vanished every single one of them. Cause I was saying in the name of Jesus, I command these cysts to leave before I could even finish Shane uh, to leave, they were all gone, right in front of everybody's eyes. Every cyst instantly disappeared. It didn't shrink and become, it, it just left completely. And everybody's looking uh, and uh, stunned. What was that? That was the working of miracles. Now, the gift of faith did come on me, which it often does with the other power gives a manifestation. Just like if you reach to pick up something heavy, you're not going to use one finger. You can use your hand. So it is very uh, consistent for the gifts to overlap or to, uh, you have multiple gifts working uh, at the same time. But I ha- see, I had to do something. The gift of the working of miracles is you're working it. You are, you're involved in it and it requires your participation. Mm -mm. But that happened right in front of everybody. Now, the other minister uh, who was trying to pull together some other stuff, he did pull together stuff later. And he also later had a beautiful manifestation of the spirit. But what do you, let me ask you a question, uh, particularly to you preachers. What do you do when the power goes out? What do you do when maybe the electricity uh, is not on? Well, Pastor Stephen, that's easy. We go to the backup generator. What do you do when you don't have that? Do we just all go home because God can't do anything unless we have power? (laughs) What do they do in the early church? Well, Pastor Stephen, they just ran the electricity. No, I'm being silly. You know, they didn't have any. So you have to have that ability to fall back solely on the raw power of God. Amen. And he'll come through, okay? But with working of miracles, you're involved in the working, the working of it. The gift of faith is different. It is receiving. All you have to do is receive. Now, uh, that faith is on you to believe, to receive it. And it comes and you just receive it. So uh, working of miracles, I wouldn't say it's aggressive, but I would say you're, you're, you're hands on deck. You're involved. It's very different with, special faith. You're actually receiving. That's why this gift can be a little bit sneaky because it doesn't have the appearance of what some of the other gifts do as far as maybe fireworks, but it's still the strongest of all of the power gifts. Mm -mm. 
The gift of faith is supernaturally believing to receive a miracle. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, a great example in, uh, in church history would be the uh, great intercessor from Wales. His name was Reese Howells. And during World War II, uh, there in Wales, where his Bible college was at, they were located in the city of Swansea. Now, of course, uh, Swansea uh, would be a target for the Germans because it was an industrial center. They had an oil refinery on the outskirts of the town, and there were many factories within the town supplying war materials. And uh, many places all over Swansea were being bombed. And Reese Howells, uh, they really prayed, Lord, do we need to be concerned about the Bible college getting bombed? Uh, do we need to go hide in the, uh, uh, the air raid shelters when we hear the air raid sirens? How are we supposed to respond to this? Are we supposed to just run and flee when we, what are we supposed to do? So he prayed and prayed, and he prayed and prayed, and the Bible students prayed, and God spoke to Reese Howells and gave him Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, and basically said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And based upon that word from the Lord, that rhema word, uh, they never, ever, during the entire time of the war, never used the bomb shelters, and not once was the Bible college ever bombed. Although they could hear the planes, the enemy planes flying overhead, they could hear the sound of bombs falling, but not one ever fell on the Bible college. The only thing they did do was allow the young children to go into the uh, shelters because that was required by law. But as far as the adults, they had come into a place corporately where there was a gift of faith, and they knew that God had given them a word that uh, because of the blood, there would be a Passover, and not one bomb would ever fall, and it never, ever did. Mm -mm. Praise God. They all slept peacefully at night in their homes at the Bible college, in their own beds, and when they heard the enemy aircraft, they just uh, stayed in bed, kept on sleeping. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. What is that? That's the gift of faith residing primarily on Reese Howells and also affecting the others in the Bible college. You know, it was interesting, even with the children, because war is loud. I mean, when you hear bombs go off and you hear aircraft up close, it is very, very loud. And of course, many of the um, raids done by the Germans were done at night. Uh, so it'd be tremendously loud, uh, and it would cause, uh, you know, people to wake up and stuff like that. But the children, it was amazing how the children would just sleep through it. And in the morning, even if it was severely loud at night, in the morning they would wake up. Some of the children, all they would say was, you know, the wind sure was blowing strong last night. Mm -mm. Praise God. So, uh, there is exemption for God's covenant people, and there is that gift of faith that comes on you that says, my situation is different. My story is different. I have 
God in my life, and I don't have to suffer the calamities and the consequences of sin like the others in the world are suffering. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Praise God. First Kings chapter 17. Let's jump over there just for a moment. We're talking today about the gift of faith to receive a miracle or miracles from God. First Kings 17 verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here. He's talking to Elijah and turn eastward and hide by the brook, the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Woo. Glory to God. I'm telling you what the supernatural life is. Uh, truth is stranger than fiction. Mm-mm. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Praise God. Because God spoke to Elijah, the gift of faith is residing on him. And not once do I believe was Elijah ever concerned from that moment forward about the, the ravens showing up. He was never concerned about, I wonder if breakfast is going to get flown in today. No, they were there every single morning, every single afternoon, right on time. Now, it is true. I used to teach this story years back and kind of joke, and I would say, you know, those ravens, they were probably raiding King Ahab's kitchen, and they were probably flying it from his palace out there to the wilderness to him. And of course, people would laugh and snicker when I would say that. And then uh, I just happened to be studying what the Jewish rabbis and the Talmud and the commentaries, what they had to say about this. And guess what they said? They said the ravens were getting the food from King Ahab's palace. Mm -mm. (laughs) So Elijah's out there relaxing, eating hot dogs in the afternoon, uh, eating, uh, you know, uh, uh, chicken fried steak in the morning. I tell you, he was enjoying himself. Mm -mm. Bread and uh, meat. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And he wasn't worried about nothing. Uh, everybody else is hungry, looking for food, you know, because it hadn't rained for it didn't rain for three and a half years, and that's going to uh, really devastate uh, the crop growth and things like that. But he's out there just enjoying himself, having time with God, having an extended camping uh, adventure. Mm-mm. Praise God! So the gift of faith was on him to uh, peacefully enjoy his time of provision and also being hid by the Lord, because they were searching for him everywhere, and they couldn't find him. Praise God. Now, Daniel chapter 6, Daniel chapter 6, we see now how Elijah received miracle, received, say that, say he received miracle provision. The gift of faith is the supernatural gift to receive a miracle from God. He's just sitting back by the brook Cherith receiving a miracle. Mm -mm. God can get it to you right where you're at. Even if it's down in the middle of a wadi ravine, hidden, God can fly the provision in. He can fly it in. Mm -mm. Praise God. Daniel chapter six, verse 16. 
So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king rose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a, with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Well, I guess it had been real quiet, no response. The king would have said, well, I guess the lions must have eaten good last night. But he heard a voice. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Praise the Lord. So what did Daniel do down there in the lion's den? Well, what, what if you had put Samson in the lion's den? Hmm? What would have happened? Well, the Holy Spirit probably would have come upon him and he would have just ripped all the lions to pieces. What, what gift would that have been? the gift of the working of miracles. But it's different, right? Because Daniel is in the lion's den. Did he go down there with the club and kill them all? No. He went down there. Now watch, watch how this gift works. It's very sneaky. He went down there with the gift of faith on him and most likely went to sleep. And the lions who were hungry, who were at this point trained and conditioned to eat whatever is given to them, uh, you know, cause that was also not only a form of, you know, punishment, but also a form of entertainment. But Daniel is down there and probably just went to sleep on one of them and uh, probably thought this is really supernatural. This is really interesting. And all he's doing is receiving protection and he's receiving a miracle. Do you see how the gift of faith receives a miracle, whether it be deliverance or whether it be something else. Praise God. Supernatural faith to receive deliverance, such as in the case of Daniel. Supernatural faith to receive money, such as in the case of George Mueller, who was the great man of God that during his lifetime fed, clothed, educated, and raised up over 10 thousand orphans in England. Woo! Amazing. All through prayer, all through prayer and the gift of faith residing on him to the point that even when it's time for breakfast and you've got 2000 orphans sitting around and there's no food anywhere. And they're all sitting at the, they all come to the table for breakfast and there's no food anywhere. And he's not the least bit worried about it just like Daniel wasn't worried about the lions. Why? To get the faith was on him. And the next thing you know, there's a knock at the front door and they open the front door and they start bringing bread in by the truck, the truck loads. And then there's a knock on the back door and they start bringing in uh, chicken or meat 
And the next thing you know, the food's on the table and they've all been fed again. Wow. What was on that man? The gift of faith. Praise the Lord. And it happened over and over and over and over again. Mm -mm. Now you read about George Mueller today, uh, maybe in an encyclopedia or, you know, Wikipedia or something like that. And it makes him look like just some kind of humanitarian philanthropist. It couldn't be for, further from the truth. He was a man of God used by the Lord through the gift of faith to see money supernaturally come in, food supernaturally come in. Praise God. It's the gift to receive a miracle. Hallelujah. Do you see why you can have it? You can have it. Praise the Lord. The gift of faith can be sustained sometimes all night long. Like with Daniel in the lion's den, he's just down there kind of chilling out all night long, not worried, not chewing his fingernails off. Well, King, I made it, but I need to go to the hospital. I chewed all my fingernails off and I chewed the top of my fingers off, but I made it. No, no, he's down there cool as a cucumber. Probably thinking, I wish I had a camera. I wish somebody would have developed and invent the camera. I'd like to get a picture of this and put it on Instagram. This is actually pretty wild. Mm, praise the Lord. Or it could even be on you for months at a time, like it was for Elijah, hanging out at the river thinking, well, it's about that time. I'm sure they're going to start flying in at any moment. He probably gave them names. I know I would have. You probably would too, wouldn't you? <laughs> about time for a hot dog sandwich. Mm, maybe it's roast beef today. Mm, mm. Praise the Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Well, the gift of faith has a greater duration than the gifts of healings. It has a greater duration than the working of miracles. The operation of the gift of faith is often a process. It's amazing. This gift can stay on you so long that it turns into a process. Praise God. This gift draws the least attention. It draws the least attention of the power gifts. Think about it for a moment. If you put Samson in the lion's den and we put that on video, everybody's going to want to watch it. But if we actually could have recorded Daniel in the lion's den, operating in the gift of faith to receive a miracle, it'd be a very boring video because He'd be kicking back on a lion, leaning back on a lion. His feet probably propped up on another lion. Uh, and maybe he's just goes to bed, goes to sleep. That's why the gift of faith does not draw attention often. Mm. This is very, very important to understand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Look at it in the life of Jesus. Matthew chapter 8. Now, I'm giving you some scriptures because I want this gift to flow through you when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to manifest it. Why? So you could receive your own miracle. Woo! Glory to God. Think about that. You can have a miracle. You can have your own miracle. See, it's all now, isn't it? It's real now. Because see, in the natural people, people would say it can never happen for you. And maybe they're right from a natural perspective, but from the God perspective, all it takes is one manifestation of the gift of faith. And next thing you know, they're adding your name to Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith, 
the Hall of Fame has just got extended, and now you're in there. Mm, mm, mm. Aren't you glad that God still does miracles today? How does he do them? The gift of faith. Praise God. Very quickly, Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. Praise the Lord. Now when he, that would be Jesus, got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. I mean covered with the waves. And it is true that the waves on the Sea of Galilee, it is true, they can get over 20 feet high. 20 feet, that's twice as high as a basketball rim. And I've been there when they've been like 4 feet. But 20 feet, yeah, that would just completely swamp literally a boat. So it does appear that towards the back of the boat, they had a little covered area for Jesus, most likely a large pillow that he could lay on and uh, take a nap on. And he's back there completely sleeping. Now this is a manifestation of the gift of faith that was on Jesus. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, I mean, the first thing he says, he gets into the faith talk. Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So that would be the working of miracles. But before he ever works a miracle, he's just resting, uh, sleeping, literally, uh, with that manifestation on his life. Well, Pastor Stephen, do you think he saw the storm clouds coming before he went to bed? Maybe he didn't care one lick about it. He knows exactly where he's going, doesn't even care. He's, he's got that gift of faith on him so strong that uh, he, he literally goes to sleep in the middle of a storm. Mm -mm. Praise God. Think again about Daniel. He most likely, all night long, just went to sleep after a while. After he realizes, you know, God's protecting me, the gift is in operation, God's faithful, he just probably went to sleep. Got up early and was ready for that uh, uh, seal to be opened so he could talk to the king. Have you ever noticed when you read about many of the martyrs throughout church history, how many of them, they went to their death, not, not spastic, not like, oh, I, you know, maybe, but can, can we talk it over? I think I'd like to change my mind. No, they go to the stake ready to be burned alive or ready to be thrown to the lions, cool as a cucumber, no sweat, just standing there, just as calm and peaceful. And you think, how in the world? The gift of faith was on them. And they faced death just as fearless and just as calm uh, to the degree you think that's not even humanly possible. And it's not. It's God. It's the gift of faith on them. And it's supernatural. It is miraculous. What are they doing? They're receiving a miracle of what? Supernatural peace. Praise God. And so Jesus goes to sleep. Daniel most likely went to sleep. And uh, great martyrs faced death with no fear, total calmness. And let me, say, let me say this to you. Some of you, maybe you are in a lion's den where you have some real lions. You have some real challenges. But I want you to know that you're going to come completely out of it in victory. That that roaring uh, it's go, uh, even if it does roar, you could just go to sleep right in the middle of it. I mean, Jesus is sleeping in the midst of waves that are going over the boat. 
It reminds me of what uh, one of our uh, Navy admirals said one time when uh, they made a foolish decision to go out into the uh, oceans uh, uh, when they didn't really need to. And uh, he said, well, our ship spent more time underneath the water than we did on top because the waves were just breaking over it continually. And most of the time the ship was uh, underneath those breaking waves. And so, but Jesus was asleep, just totally asleep, didn't bother him one bit, wakes up, deals with it. Praise God. That thing that would try to say is going to sink you, it's not going to. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. You're going to come through it. You're going to come out of it. And you're going to have your miracle testimony also. And that thing also, you'll never see it again. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's powerful. That's powerful. You need to see yourself winning before you actually even win it. That's how strong the gift of faith is. You call it before it's even happened. Mm. That sounds like God. That sounds like Abraham. Yep. That sounds like Romans 4, verse 17. Yes. Same thing. Praise God. Now, the gift of faith was on Noah. When he built the ark, God told him to do it. Therefore, he has that word, that charge of that rhema word. But you have to understand at the quickest, it probably took him 20 years. At the longest, maybe 75 years. Most likely somewhere between 40 and 75 years is how long it took Noah to build the ark. And the gift of faith was on him the entire time. Praise the Lord. When the gift of faith is in operation, it may appear as if nothing externally is happening. But this gift is sustained over a long period of time. We see it in the Bible with the lives of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When uh, one of them would lay his hands upon his son and speak blessings that were quite profound and profuse to the degree that it would take those men their entire lives to see the blessings fulfilled. So what would be going on? The gift of faith to see that spoken word that was maybe spoken a hundred years ago, to see it finally come to pass. You know, I admire Dr. Jerry Savelle, a great teacher. Uh, I really enjoy his teaching ministry. Uh, but uh, for years and years, for decades, Dr. Savelle hung on to the word that he would have his own Falcon 50 jet. And he got it two years ago. Well, Pastor Stephen, he was in his 70s when he got it. Yep, got it right on time also. You don't have to have everything when you're 20. Remember, the gift of faith is a power gift. There's power involved. If there's not a foundation of character, you don't need that much power. But when it does come, even if you're in your 70s, you're right on time. Some of you, you thought you missed your ship. You haven't missed nothing. You're right on time. Amen. It's time for the gift of faith to come online and for you to receive all that God has promised you. Now, things that are beyond that, stuff that I don't need, stuff that doesn't pertain to me, I have no interest in possessing it. I have no interest in receiving it. But that which does pertain to my destiny and my assignment and what God has spoken to me, I'm online. Amen. And the gift is flowing. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why there are certain things that never, ever leaves me. 
When God told me that he would give me a property for the television studio, I thought it was going to happen next week. I thought it would happen within a few months. It took over a decade, but there, I tell you what, my wife and I, we drove all over this county, up hills, down valleys, uh, through back roads, through the city, through the country, everywhere looking for that property and couldn't find it. And you know what? It wasn't even for sale. But when God, uh, manifested the timing and revealed it to me. Uh, my faith had been writing for over 10 years and, uh, and now we own it and now we've almost got it paid off. I thank you for those of you that are standing with us and sowing towards the paying off of that property. Praise God. Hallelujah. But it never left me for 10 years. Amen. And we're going to build on it everything God told us to build. And we're going to do on it everything God told us to do, which is to preach the gospel around the world through television from that property. Amen. And we're right next to the airport. And you better believe there's some things cooking there. Amen. Praise God. But I love, I love Dr. Savell's testimony because he stood and stood and stood and stood. And when the time came, I think he was... Uh, he was maybe 72 or 73 when the time came that, uh, uh, and as that gift had been on him for all of those years, the purchase was so smooth. Everything about it was so peaceful. Matter of fact, when God told him to buy it, God didn't even, God told him, don't negotiate over the price, pay the full asking price. Can you believe that? And he did. That's a shocker to any salesman, to any broker. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. Everything was peaceful. Why? God's timing, God's way. Amen. But that gift, don't be concerned if it doesn't happen overnight. Amen. Let the gift continue to work. Let it continue. Noah didn't build that ark in one day. Mm -mm. Again, that's why this gift can be a little bit sneaky. That's why this gift doesn't get the attention that I think that it deserves, although it's the greatest of the power gifts. It's the greatest of them. It will get the job done. Mm -mm. This gift of special faith comes on me when I pray for sick people that have back problems. And I don't know why, but when I go to pray for someone under the anointing with maybe scoliosis multiple scoliosis, maybe they've had a back injury in a car wreck or blown out all their vertebrae, maybe a sport accident. Uh, something comes on me from God where it just seems so easy for them to get healed. And that's why when I minister to people, particularly with, with back problems, so many uh, uh, get healed. The result rate is very, very high. Now I'll pray for any, I'll, anything. I'll go for anything, foot problems, you know, uh, hand problems, whatever. And I, we've seen God do many things, but special faith comes on me very, very strong in the area of backs, even when a creative miracle is needed. Praise God. But here's one of the catches also. Jesus has given me a ministry of laying on of hands. I need to get my hands on them. People say, well, Pastor Stephen, just, you know, uh, just pray for me. Just pray for me. Well, how do you even know if I did? Uh, how do I even know if you're praying? But, so it leaves a lot of uh, questions. But if I can be in a place where I can lay my hands on the person, whether I'm in the area uh, or having a meeting or if the person comes to me, um, 
then that's when I get the really good results. Um, I can, I can tell somebody, okay, I'll pray for you. Let's agree. I'll pray for you. But we're in the, when they're in another state or on another side of the world, and we don't really have that sinking up of kind of like, really like knowing I, I don't get those results. But when I can lay my hands on them under the anointing, yeah, the results are very, very high, very, very high. Praise the Lord. It's the same thing with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. My wife and I have a ministry of that. We ha actually have a, a, an anointing in that area. And the result rate of getting people that we pray for filled with the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's, it's over 90%. It's, it's like usually almost everybody gets it. <laughs> Why is that? The f gift of special faith comes on me when I pray for people with back problems. The gift of special faith comes on me when I pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues. It, the results are just, they're over 90%. And that's all to God's glory. But that's also me understanding how God uses me and also understanding how this gift works. Mm -mm. Are you having fun today? Praise God, because God's going to flow the gift through you. Praise God. I have purchased properties supernaturally that I can never buy on my own. Just like sitting back from like a natural perspective thinking, I'd like to own that. Well, yeah, so would everybody else. But when the gift of faith has come on me, I, I have brought, I, excuse me, not, not brought, I have bought miracle properties. I have, I have, uh, uh, I have purchased things. I have done things that um, you just couldn't normally do. One time we were in Israel and we had some free time and my wife and I thought, let's go to Bethlehem. Well, I was uh, uh, one of the key, key speakers at a major conference, but we had a little free time. So we thought, let's zip off to Bethlehem because I've already fulfilled my speaking commitment. And um, so we got in a real nice taxi. The taxi driver had a very nice Mercedes Benz, so it's a little bit of a drive, so you might as well go in comfort. Price wasn't that much different, so we headed off to Bethlehem, and on the way, he said, um, he said, you know, my wife has never been to Bethlehem. He said, can we stop and pick her up? We said, well, sure, bring your wife. Let's go, and so we stopped, and she actually left work and got in the car. Now, they were, uh, they were both Muslims. When she got in the car, she was covered from head to toe with the Muslim garb. All you could see were her eyes. That's it, out of the little slit. Just all you could see were her eyes and her hands, okay? And when she got in the car, because her husband called her on the phone and said, we're going to pick you up, take you to uh, Bethlehem. When she got in the car, she was like ecstatic. The first thing she said, she said, all of my life. She was almost 40. She said, all of my life, I have wanted to go and visit the birthplace of the Christ. <laughs> I thought, oh, <laughs> we're going to have a time on this little trip. Praise God. Can you believe that? A Muslim who wanted, just had this burning desire to see where Jesus was born at. So um, we continue on. We get to the, um, the checkpoint where you cross from you know, like the Israeli territory. And of course, Bethlehem is all in the nation of Israel, but it's technically like a Palestinian territory. So you go through a checkpoint. And uh, I forgot to bring my passport. Well, of course, Kelly has hers and the driver and his wife, they have theirs. And this is like the lifetime moment and I don't have my passport. And, um, and the driver said, oh, don't worry about it. He said, um, this is going to work out. So, um, you know, the Israeli guards, you know, they check everybody's passport and they go for the look at mine. I don't have mine. 
And um, we just said, hey, I'm an American citizen. This is my wife, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, we feel we need to go and do this. And uh, uh, is it okay? And all the guards were kind of like, you know, he doesn't have his passport. And the head guy just overrode them all and said, go. And the driver said, you will be here when we come back, right? And the head guy said, yeah, I'll be here. (laughs) So we go. (laughs) And we uh, see where Jesus was born. They're in the cave, the manger. And uh, we return back to the checkpoint. And uh, we get to the checkpoint. And uh, all the guards, you know, there was like a a shift change or something. They're all checking the passports. And they realize I don't have mine. They're like, he doesn't have a passport. How'd you get in here? And the taxi driver said, you know, well, where's the guy that gave us the, uh, the thumbs up? Uh, he actually showed up. He had been in the back, I think, watching TV or something. So he was still there, like you said. And he said, he's okay. Let him through. But why did I do that? The gift of faith. And the whole time I was down there with no passport, I wasn't even concerned about it. Why? I knew God was in it. God was in it so much that my wife and I led those two Muslims to Christ, and they accepted Jesus into their heart. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. You think a passport's any problem to Jesus? He's translating people all over the world. You think he can, he, I mean, he, own, he owns, owns and runs the whole world. It's his planet. He can do what he wants. Amen. Now, normally now, I always carry my passport with me because you never know. You never know when something sudden might pop up. But praise God, but God covered that. You know, there have been men throughout church history that have walked in this gift in um, uh, very, very highly developed ways. When you hear about many of the miracles that happened in the ministry of Benson, Idahosa, I mean, it almost sounds like biblical. So he's like the grandfather of African Pentecostalism, and, um, and deservedly so, because when you read about his life and the miracles, it sounds like something out of the Bible. It sounds like, uh, is this like, like another John the Baptist? <laughs> I mean, this guy is rebuking national leaders. This guy is uh, call. I mean, missed a plane one time, got there late, to- told the people at the airport, you better get that plane back here. Well, the plane already taken off. <laughs> he said, that plane is not safe without me on it. I'm supposed to be on it. Did you know the airplane actually returned and flew back? <laughs> Why? Because he called it back. Mm, I mean, cra- crazy stuff. And you're like, what in the world? How is this happening? But I was listening to an interview one time uh, by Duncan Williams. He was a spiritual son of Benson Idahosa. Benson Idahosa was from Nigeria, but Duncan Williams, of course, was from Ghana. And he went to Ghana under the authority of Benson Idahosa and opened uh, uh, up a great work there, a mighty work there. But Duncan Williams explained it best of how all of this was going on. He basically said that Vincent Idahosa had the gift of faith. And the thing was, is that he pushed so hard that you couldn't tell when it was working, when it was on him, and actually when it was not. Because he was pushing constantly, all the time, whether he's building a hospital or whether he's having a huge crusade and telling city officials, we need that stadium over there. And they say, no, you can't have it. You better let me have it. God told me that I'm supposed to have it. And if you don't give it to me, somebody's going to drop dead over there. And I mean, just, I mean, it was like Elijah type stuff. 
But if you really want to kind of understand how all of that was working, it was the gift of faith that was on him. Same thing with the life of uh, the Catholic saint, Padre Pio. And you read about all the miracles and you think, this sounds like something out of the Bible. Well, that's because the gift of faith was on him. It seemed like all the time. And so there are certain ministers where it, it almost, it's like, this is like a, a residing gift, whether it's William Branham with the gift of word of knowledge. I mean, it's like on him all the time. You could have woken him up at any time, day or night, woke him up in the middle of the storm on the Sea of Galilee, like in a boat, and he could operate in a gift of knowledge like Jesus. His gift of faith was on him all the time. Now, all of the gifts of the Spirit were on Jesus all the time, but we are a body and we are made up of different members and we all have different gifts. So it's good to know um, the area where God uses you, but the Holy Spirit, he wants to touch you with that gift so that you could receive a miracle and bring glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Smith Wigglesworth also had the gift of faith on him real strong. Uh, one thing you will notice about people, uh, when I say people, I'm talking about believers that consistently have the gift of faith. Um, you do have to be a word person. I've, act I've actually never seen it really operate it steadily in the life of anybody who's not a word fanatic. Um, like George Mueller, who raised up the orphanage. Uh, well, he, he, he said that he read through the Bible four times every year. So he was like a word fanatic. Smith Wigglesworth, uh, his daily routine would be wake up, spend one hour in the word, then spend one hour in prayer, take a little tea break, spend another hour in the word and then another hour in prayer and then have lunch. And then after lunch, spend another hour in the word. So uh, if you want that gift of special faith to touch you and to operate through you with that vibrating strength, where you know God's going to do this thing, you have to be a word person. Now, yes, you want to pray. Um, but you're, you're going to have to get to know God's book, God's word, like the back of your hand, praise God. And you'll be the more, the happier for it. Oh God, hallelujah. There's no better feeling than walking out into your day or going through your life, knowing that you're filled up with God and you're dead to this world of sin and pride and lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. You're just dead to that stuff. And you're walking in the strength of God and you're walking in your assignment and you're walking in your calling and you are receiving valid, genuine miracles. You're getting things done. Praise God. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. A very serious moment here, a joyful moment, but please stay very focused. Don't let anything distract you right now. Don't let anything distract you right now. Lift your hands to the Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person with their hands up right now, hearts open, that desires for the gift of faith to operate through them. I pray that you cause this gift to touch them by the power of your Spirit so that they might receive a miracle. Let it come on them in Jesus' name. Fire! Receive this gift of power. Thank you, Father. Now, as they also stay very consistent in the fruit of faithfulness with deep character, I thank you, Father God, that they're going to get to know this gift very well. I thank you, Father God, whether they're like Noah and you call them to build an ark, 
or whether they're um, somebody else and they're called to maybe succeed in business or succeed in their career field, whatever that calling might be. I thank you that this gift is going to distinguish them. It's going to distinguish them in a very honorable way. Now, thank you, Father, that these gifts are for your profit. So this gift is going to cause your people to profit, succeed, and go to a new level of success, blessing, and empowerment. Let the gift of faith touch them. Let it touch them. Let it touch them in Jesus' name. Father, this is an end-time army I'm speaking to. Let the gift come on them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Now say with great confidence, say, I'm going to get my miracle. <laughs> Do you think there's any devil that can withstand the gift of faith? No. No. Again, say, I'm going to get my miracle. The gift of faith is working in my life. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Now you have to be very close to the Lord to keep this gift flowing. You have to be very close to the Lord. Amen. You can't lose your Bible for three weeks. You can't go 10 days without getting in the word. No, you have to be a word fanatic. You have to eat it, feast on it. Uh, you have to really be in it. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mm. When, you, when you are in this flow, then you'll understand what Job meant when he said, you'll laugh at famine. You'll, there's a place with the gift of faith, you actually laugh like God does, who laughs at the rulers of the world who say they're going to do this and do that. God laughs at them. He's already seen their end. He laughs at them. Amen. So there's a place you actually laugh at it because you know you're coming through in victory. If you don't know Jesus, He died on the cross for you, paid the penalty for your sins, and offers you eternal life, and offers you a way a victory, and a way of living that is beyond anything the world could ever offer. Give your heart to him right now. Pray this prayer after me. And as you do, also, if anybody is watching, you used to be a Christian, and you backslid, you fell away from God, come on back right now. Pray this prayer with us as well. Let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, come, in, come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away with your precious blood. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. and Step into my life right now and lead me and guide me from this day forward. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving faith. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. And the angels in heaven and on earth are rejoicing over your salvation right now. Praise God. Amen. And I believe there's probably a few prodigals that just came back to the Lord. Amen. And the Heavenly Father is rejoicing. Praise God. Well, let's take Holy Communion today. Lock in the word that we have received. Praise God as we celebrate Jesus and the Holy Spirit who manifest in our lives this powerful gift of faith. 
miraculous faith to receive. Woo, praise God. Amen. Now, let's take communion. Grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread. If you don't have unleavened bread or grape juice, grab what you've got. Get a cracker, get a piece of bread, get some apple juice or whatever you've got. Let's take communion. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've been out in remote places where we haven't had grape juice. You have to take Coca-Cola. God honors what you have. Let's take it. Let's pray. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. We set it apart right now through this prayer as being holy. We thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, that because Jesus is in heaven at your right side, at your right hand, it's not like we can embrace him or hold him, but we thank you we can hold him through communion. Woo! Jesus, we give you praise. Father, thank you for the Lord's flesh. We receive his strength. We receive every word you speak to us, and we thank you for special faith to receive a miracle. Thank you, Father, to receive miracles in Jesus' name. Let's partake together. Amen. Father, thank you for the cleansing blood of Jesus. Thank you for righteousness, the standing that we have with you of being righteous because the blood has washed our sins away. Oh God, we thank you. We thank you for a consciousness that is clean and pure through the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We forgive anyone who has sinned against us. We bless them. We do not curse. We bless them. And we thank you, Father. We bless our enemies. We pray for them and we give you praise. Father, you even said that uh, if our enemy uh, needs some food or drink, that we are to give it to them. And Romans chapter 12, and we said that, you said that as we do that, you, uh, you heap coals of fire upon their head. And you promised us in Proverbs also that when we do that, that you'll reward us. Thank you, Father. We will never return evil for evil, but we overcome evil with good. Thank you, Father. We now receive the blood of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My friends, let me put up on the screen now ways that you can bless the ministry, ways that you can give and support this teaching of God's Word around the world through the Internet. And, of course, we're also in over 200 nations on television. It is your giving that allows us to share the Word of God, to build up God's people in the body of Christ, and also to reach out to the lost. Um, on the screen now, you see ways that you can give online. You can even give by text, and you can also mail in an offering if, uh, if you would like to. Father, bless your people as they give. We thank you, Father, for the gift of faith operating right now. Amen. You want to hear a crazy story of the gift of faith that came upon the pastor who pastored the world's largest church? Dr. Cho, who is now in heaven of blessed memory, Dr. David Youngie Cho talked about the time that they were building the new church building, and he had actually sold his house, and uh, his wife didn't want him to do it. He said, well, I, I think God wants us to, and she said, you'll never sell this home. So he left it in the Lord's hands, and for five days, she could not sleep. 
after five days, she finally just said, okay, I, I knew that God wanted us to do it, but it's very hard for me, but I, I'm, I agree, let's do it. So they sold the home, took all of the proceeds, and put it towards the building of the new church building. And uh, they, were, they were staying at that time in an uh, unfurnished, raw, cement uh, portion of the new church that was being built and things were very challenging for them. But God kept moving the ministry forward, and um, uh, things got better and better. And eventually, uh, the church kept growing. They got to uh, 10,000 members uh, through generous giving, sacrificial giving even. And, and so they reached 10,000 members. But Dr. Cho, now listen. Dr. Cho had made a vow to the Lord that he, in that year, was going to give $50,000 U.S. to the church building project. Well, he already sold his home and gave all of that. He had given very sacrificially. But, he, uh, and, but God began to work through the people. Miracles began to happen. People began to give like crazy. So the project was moving forward. So he said, I'm going I'm to pledge $50,000 U.S. dollars. He got, uh, and he made that pledge at the beginning of the year. He got real close to the end of the year, and he had hardly been able to save anything. <laughs> and he's like, God, I don't have it. I don't have it. And um, he got to the last day where he needed it and did not have it and had no possibility of getting it in the natural from anywhere. So he told his wife, I, you know, I made this pledge, and he said, I don't have it. You know what his wife told him? She said, well, the last plane, international plane that flies out of Korea is at four o'clock. She said, you should get on that plane and get out of here. <laughs> Can you believe she said that? Uh, in other words, she was saying escape. That way you could at least get out of here, not face all the shame and embarrassment of having, you know, in front of all the church members made this pledge because you're obviously not going to get it and everybody's going to know about it. You're going to be the laughing stock of Korea. And... Um, uh, she said, that's the last plane out. And he said, no, I can't do that. And um, so he went before the Lord and said, Lord, what am I going to do? I've got to have $50,000 by the end of this day. And you ready for this? The Spirit of God came on him, and the gift of faith came on him. And he got up there at the church office and uh, told his associate pastor, he said, come with me. I'm going to go down to the biggest bank in uh, Seoul, Korea, and I'm going to ask for $50,000, and the bank president is going to give it to me. And his associate pastor laughed, literally laughed out loud, and said, you have no credit, you have no money, you don't even have a bank account there, and you have no appointment with him, and everybody in the world wants to meet with him, and there's no way you're going to be able to meet with him. He said, I will not go down with you and be made a laughingstock uh, of, 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 by doing something crazy like this. He said, okay. Dr. Cho said, okay, I'll go without you. So he went to, this, to the biggest bank in Seoul, Korea, and uh, goes to the top floor where the president's office is at, and um, walks out of the elevator, and the Holy Spirit came on him so strong with the gift of faith, and now with the working of miracles, because you, you have to work the shift to do this. So he walks out of the elevator doors, walks right past the secretary, 
And sure enough, there's a whole bunch of people that are waiting, just hoping that they could meet with the bank president. He walks right past the bank president, uh, excuse me, right past the bank secretary, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, act like a big shot, act ultra important, act like a big shot. And he walked right past the secretary and she said, sir, stop. She said, do you have an appointment with the president? And he kept on walking and acting like he didn't hear, acting real important. And uh, she said, sir, who are you with? Do you have an appointment? He said, I am from the highest authority. And when she heard that, she thought that he must be like a government official, uh, maybe representing the uh, president of the country or something like that. And so she ran up to him and said, you're with the highest authority. He said, I am with the highest authority. And um, she, she then leads him into the president's office and tells all of the other people that are already waiting, just hoping to see the bank president, you'll have to wait. He's with the highest authority. <laughs> and the whole time, the Holy Spirit is talking to Dr. Cho saying, act like a big shot. Go in here and act completely like you're in total control. And so she escorts him into the very room where the bank president is at. And the bank president and the vice president are there. And the bank president said, well, uh, what can I do for you? And uh, since you're from the highest authority, are, are, are you from the government? He said, I am the pastor of this so-and-so church. He said, I need you to give me $50,000 cash, American cash, because I, I have a need for it. And if you do that on Monday, I will give you 10,000 brand new bank accounts. And now remember, this is before internet. This is before, uh, you know, we have the ability to verify things real quick. And they all looked at him kind of like speechless. And the bank president said, is this true? Who is this guy? He said, call the police right now. They will verify that I'm the pastor of the largest church in the nation. I've got 10,000 members. They're very loyal to me, and they'll do whatever I instruct them to do. If I tell them to open an account, they'll all open accounts here. So that, you know, a couple of people get on the phone real quick and start calling and making calls to verify that he's not a fake, he's not a fraud, and they find out, yeah, he's legit. He's legit. And so Dr. Cho said, I told you I was legit. He said, now I need $50,000 for you, from you. Now, remember, the reason he wants $50,000 is not so he can go out and spend it on himself. He wants it so that he can fulfill a covenant pledge that he made to God towards the building of the church facility. And so that's what he's going to do with it. And so he told the bank president, I need $50,000 from you. He said, it, it's a win-win for both of us. And the bank president began to sweat and perspire and said, I've, I've never done anything like this ever before in my life. And the vice president is, is saying to the president, he said, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, but the president says, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. And Dr. Cho said, and he's still acting like the, the big shot. He said, you know, I could go to another bank. There's the so-and-so bank across the street. I could go there if you don't do it. But he said, I, I'm bringing this to you first. And the president said, I've never done anything like this in my life, and I don't understand why there's something about you that is so persuasive. And he looked at the vice president and said, go get me a check for $50,000. He said, sir, I'm going to do this. 
He said, I don't know how this is going to work out. If it doesn't work out, I'll never do anything like this ever again. But he said, I'm going to do it. And he gave Dr. Cho a check for $50,000. And of course, uh, he took that immediately and fulfilled that pledge at the last minute and got it in and then went on to have a very good relationship with the banker because the bank, the, 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 the company grew uh, exponentially <laughs> because Dr. Show said, let's honor this man and let's open up bank accounts at the bank. And uh, of course, he ends up eventually with a church that goes past 100,000 members, 200,000 members, and uh, went all the way to 850,000 official tithing church members. Yeah, it was a win-win, I'd say, for the bank president. Amen. But that was wild. Can you imagine walking into a bank and doing something like that? Well, he did. Amen. And he got it too. Praise the Lord. So that was, that was the gift of faith coming upon him to receive. But at the same time, there was the overlapping with that one of the gift of the working of miracles where he had to actually walk out and do that. I'm telling you, life with God is very, very exciting. Amen. But the, flowing with the Holy Spirit... Oh, praise God. You'll never have a boring day in your life in the sense of when, you, when you're really pushing. Praise God. Now, again, let me conclude by saying this. The gift of faith is the ability supernaturally to receive a miracle that is beyond anything your normal faith could ever receive. But when that gift comes on you, you can believe God for it and it will happen. Father, bless your people. Bless your people. Let this gift be no stranger to them, but let them know your Holy Spirit and this manifestation in a very powerful way. In Jesus' name, I thank you for the testimonies that will come out of today's teaching. Father, we give you all of the praise, all of the glory. In Jesus' name, there will be millionaires, billionaires, hallelujah, multi-billionaires raised up, and much of it will have to do so much of it will have to do with the manifestation of the Spirit. And when truth be told, in uh, the, the eternal ages to come, we will see that so many of these things can be attributed to the gift of faith. God bless you. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for supporting this work. I'll see you back again real soon.